several songs in country music history that are held in very high regard that are known as those iconic songs. The ones where if someone asks you, what is country music? That universal question that we've been asking ourselves, they may not necessarily answer with the philosophies, the pillars, the people. They might respond with a song that they feel like sums it up the best. And I feel like that we could do a series on these songs, right? And this series could be a variety of times. It can be the outlaw days. It can be the 90s. And it can be the 50s, the 40s. We may go back to the origination of the country music genre with this. And the first song that I chose is one that not necessarily would be one that people would be like, yes, that is the definition of country music. Like that is one of the songs that I think about. However, whenever you start to think about the philosophies and stuff behind country music, especially the specific kind, and we will get to that in a second, it won't make sense. It will be full circle if that makes sense. In this series, which I have not named, I'm taking a deep dive, another deep dive, on particular country tracks, talking about the stories behind them. What happened with them? Like, why did they become so big? Why have they become iconic? Why are they the big tracks? The ones that people go to, that people know, regardless of when they came out. And that's what we're going after here. So, the first track that I chose has a little bit of, it's very relatable in my life at the current moment because I've gotten to the crossroads and the crossroads of being employed by somebody, right? And this song is a lot more uh, flamboyant in the way that it goes about explaining everything, right? And that's not exactly how I feel, but also, there's a part of it, right? There's a part of it that relates. And this song has become that song that you're sticking it to the man. You've been doing the hard work. You've been putting your nose to the grindstone. And you just keep on grinding. And you're not getting anything back. You're not improving yourself anymore. And that's a really tough place to be in life. Um... Especially when you've been given your all, doing everything that you can, and you just keep getting essentially just smacked in the face, back and forth, back and forth, right? And like I said, you kind of just get into that mood of just like, I really don't want to be here anymore. But you got to pay those bills, right? Sometimes in life, things just get either stale or you figure that you've just outgrown the opportunity that's ahead of you and you have to move on. And moving on with those growing pains can be really difficult because you can be comfortable where you're at. You're making decent money. You're doing something that's relatively easy. You're, you're kind of settling for yourself. And settling is really easy to do in this day and age because you want to be comfortable in life, especially if you got family to look after and stuff. But sometimes it just becomes too much. 
And that is what this song's all about, is when it does become too much. It is that breaking point. And this song is called Take This Job and Shove It. Right? You're not been getting no return. You've been working hard. This song encompasses it. And a little fun antidote story, whatever you want to say is, I talk about my boy Christian a lot, and this is something that I remember from back when we went to school together. He told me right as he left his job in retail, he did not enjoy this job, and he basically just did this job so he could make money for school to support himself, etc., right, to do what he likes. And most people, that's like, well, that's your general job, but eventually you get to the point where, like, you're able to move on. You're able to find something better for yourself to improve yourself. And his last day, as he's walking out the door, he sends me a Snapchat. Last day, he has take this job and shove it playing on speaker as he's walking out of the uh, out of the uh, store. And he's recording it, and people are just looking at him. <laughs> it's so great. And that's something that's kind of hit me lately. And... I was like, you know what, this would be a really good song, not just relatively in the regards of the historical elements of country music, but it's kind of relatable at this point for me, right? And I'm not saying that I hate my job that much. It, I mean, it's irritating. It's a job in retail. Therefore, you're going to have those days, but it just feels like that I've – it's time for me to move on, right? So this song was actually written by the legend – David Allen Coe in 1977. So you may be thinking, well, that's not what I was thinking. I figured Johnny Paycheck wrote this song and recorded it. That is where you would be wrong. It was recorded initially on August 24th, 1977, and it was released in October 1977 on the album entitled by the same name of the track, Take This Job and Shove It, by Johnny Paycheck. And that's the person that you know and you love and the version that you know and love. It runs for about 2 minutes and 35 seconds and was produced by Billy Shrill. Uh, it held on to the number one hits on the country charts for two weeks in a row, being literally – and this is a shocking fact to me – the literal only number one hit song on Paychecks whole discography slash catalog. Johnny Paycheck has sung so many great songs. That's another thing in country music that just floors me is there's so many great songs that never make it to number one. Like one of my favorite songs by Merle Haggard is Silver Wings. I love that song so much. And if you buy the number one hits of Merle Haggard, that song's not on there. And I always thought maybe that was just an oversight, but then I looked it up. It never was number one because – the song Islands in the Stream that had Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton was number one forever and ever that year. So it just kept beating it out. So it never got to reach that number one. So that also makes you like sit there and appreciate the songs that do make it to number one. And I would say artists would probably be in the same boat. If a song makes it to number one, they've done something right, you know, in their minds. So like I was saying, Johnny Paycheck released this. And David Allen Coe released it the year following in 1978, his own version, on the Family Album. He also re-released a variation 
of the song, right? It's called Take This Job and Shove It Two, so you add two at the end. And that one was released in 1980. And this included a new line called Paycheck, You Might Be a Thing of the Past. Okay, so that is a little bit of a dig, right, at Johnny Paycheck because people thought, as most people do, because, I mean, just think about it, right? Johnny Paycheck, his song, right, his version of it is the one that's the most popular, right? So just logically think, this is the version that people are going to remember and know and love, right? But people thought he wrote it, and he did not. David Allen Coe wrote it. So, But it's more of a dig overall that, hey, I wrote this song. I wrote this number one song, and I never get the credit for it. However, Paycheck did on his record and credit it appropriately to David Allen Coe. Interesting little facts of knowledge there, I guess, right? So, that is the explanation of it from the release standpoint. This was also covered a couple of times. Uh, I would say the Dead Kennedys version is the one that I would think of, and I cannot. (laughs) I cannot. I can't do it. I can't suggest you go listen to it. I would do, I would do it just for the shock value of seeing people's faces as they're listening to it because you literally cannot understand a freaking word. I I can't do it. This also inspired the 1981 film by the same name, and I I can't say I've sat down and watched this film before, but it is a thing, and it's kind of cool because. This is released in 1981, so after this scuffle, this dig, this movie came out, right? And it had a role for Co. and Paycheck in it. So they had to work together, supposedly. They could have been separate days on set or whatever. But it's kind of an interesting little fact of knowledge there, right? Also, this kind of popularized the phrase, take this job and shove it, and then variations of it in pop culture. So it kind of... Made its own thing, right? It's it's there. It's evident. So I want to sit here and go through the lyrics to you guys, right? I want to I want to talk about it for a little bit. This won't be a too terribly long podcast, but I'm literally, as you can probably hear, I am typing it in my phone right now. I had it pulled up, but as a dummy, I of course closed it out when my headset was plugged up, trying to charge because it died. And I try to record it with a headset because it seems like the audio quality is just a little bit better. Not by a lot, but again, we're, we're going to be up on that upgrind hopefully here soon, and we're going to be uh, moving up. So take this job and shove it, right? So we're going to analyze it from like the chorus, stanzas, and stuff. So the first stanza. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. I mean, essentially, there you go. That's your, your premise So the whole song. My woman done left me and took all the reason working for her. And that shows the heartbreak in country music. Like he has no reason now to spend his money other than bills and necessities, right? Then that. His woman used to be the reason that he worked. He was trying to make her happy, try to keep her happy, and she done left him now. So what's the point? You better not try to stand in my way as I'm walking out the door. So he's saying, 
Sayonara, adios. You can't throw a new raise at me. You can't give me anything that's going to change my mind. I have made my mind up. I am done. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Okay? So that's the, that's the chorus. That's also the first stanza. Second stanza. I've been working in this factory for now on 15 years. So he's been there for a long time. He's got a long tenure there. I mean, essentially, the longer that you work somewhere, the more irritated and irritable that you get at the process of work because you get so many changes that is going on. You know, your factory is obviously innovating, so they're laying people off. There's less workers. You have to work harder, yet you're getting the same pay. You're not getting raises and stuff, right? All this time, I watched my woman drowning in a pool of tears. So, obviously, he's been working really hard and... He's had to sacrifice a lot of that time with his lady. So, like date nights and stuff may have been replaced by work. He may have stayed and worked overtime and stuff. So, and I've seen a lot of good folks die that had a lot of bills to pay. So, he's saying, hey, listen here. I've seen some really good people that have died and still have bills to pay, and they didn't get to enjoy life. They were too worried about these bills. He said, I'd give the shirt right off my back if I had the guts to say. So he's that's leading into the course he's saying, I haven't said this yet, but this is what I want to say. I want to stick it to him. So then you have the course again. Take this job and shove it. You heard the initial, so I won't repeat it. Next, well, that foreman, he's a regular dog. The line boss, he's a fool. So he's already putting down his uh, uh, authorities that are above him. So... I mean, most people, in your, if you're in a position where you are under a lot of management, there's different steps in management. There's sometimes there's points where there's people up there that really don't deserve to be there, but they've had tenure and time and stuff that experience usually that have gotten them to that point. And I'm not saying all management figures are, of course, like that. I'm just saying in general, this is what society has taught us is the more tenure you have the more experience you have the more comfortable that you may be and the less work that you may or may not do so i mean it's it's just how the world is it always has been so he's got a brand new flat top haircut lord he thinks he's cool so he thinks he's all that he's got that suit he's looking good he's feeling good and i'm not talking about the singer of the song i'm talking of course about the line worker and the foreman. I'm, I'm assuming they're both kind of the same way. Um, he's saying, hey, they're all fancy. They're all slicked up while I'm over here greased up working in this factory, working on these machines, right? So one of these days, I'm going to blow my top, and that sucker, he's going to pay. So he's like, all right, you're going to listen here. Whenever I'm walking out the door, whenever I'm about to blow up, you're going to have... Not just one barrel, but you're going to get two barrels of the shotgun, the metaphorical shotgun of just what's going on in my head, you know. Like, it ain't just going to be a bop. It's going to be a bop, bop, you know. So, Lord, I can't wait to see their faces when I get the nerve to say. So that shot value, kind of like how I was telling you about how my boy Christian was playing the song as he was walking out, seeing the people's faces like of confusement and just – some, I would say, 
I wouldn't say this. I just think confusement in that. But I would say in general, you're going to have people that are angry that you're leaving, that you're putting them in a bad spot, specifically if it's in your individual department, right, if you're leaving. You're going to have people that are happy for you. They're going to be like, man, you deserve it. You work really hard. You found a really good job. You're moving on with life. I'm happy for you. No complaints. Then you got the people that are going to be salty. Like, why can't I do that? Why? why because I'm not in a position where I feel comfortable doing that, right? So there's so many different reactions from this, but he just can't wait to see the faces, right? Especially management's faces where they're either angry, confused, upset, or whatever. That's going to be one of those moments where they're like, brother, that is just amazing. Like, they, they're going to be so pissed, so mad. So upset, and your two peace signs. I'll see you guys later. Bye, homies. So then you have the course again. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. My woman done love me. Took all the reason I'm working for. You better not try to stand in my way as I'm walking out the door. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. And then the last line, which is emphasize, take this job and shove it. And then you got the course on. You know, instrumental or whatever. I'm not going to try to jack it up anymore. Um, that just leaves it at the point. And that also begs the question is, once he says take this job and shove it at the end, maybe he actually got the nerve to say it at the end. Maybe he did say take this job and shove it. And then he left. Or he could be just singing that still in his head or thinking about that in his head. That's an interesting point. And that would be left to interpretation by you, the audience. But this song has such a great, not just traditional country sense of like southern roots being, you know, working hard and stuff, but heartbreak in regards to the woman and heartbreak that he's working really hard and he's not getting anything from it. He's, he's putting so many hours in this stuff. One thing that I would say is also if you listen to the instrumentals in this, it's very upbeat. It's got a very good beat to it. And even if you listen to like David Allen Coe's version, which traditionally if you listen to any version of any song that you would say that someone else made popular, like for instance, Tennessee Whiskey, Chris Stapleton, right? Everybody knows Chris Stapleton sings Tennessee Whiskey because it's been pushed so hard. You listen to David Allen Coe's version – so much slower. Of course, it's more rugged sounding because of the voices. There's a big voice difference. Therefore, there's a little bit of a tempo difference in regards to the voice. Chris Stapleton still sings the song fairly slow. It's even slower sounding in Coe's version. And that relates to Coe's version when it comes to Take This Job and Shove It. His version is a lot more slower. A lot less instrumental. It's more of the voice in Coe's version. The instrumentals, I would say, add to Paycheck's version, and there's just a very good beat to it. There's, it's a good tempo, a good beat. It's got those classical instruments. Um, it's even, I believe it's kind of hard to recall because I literally just listened to like all the versions. I believe there's a harmonica in it, and that's one element. If you hear a harmonica... That's like old school, man. That's like banjo, bluegrass, you know. And the harmonica just seems to add like that nice melody to it. 
And I may be just talking out of my head here, but I'm pretty sure it has a harmonica, even if it's at the end, at the initial take this job and shove it at the end. The harmonica, it just blends the song all together, along with all the other instruments, the beat, the voice. And Johnny Paycheck does not have the voice from, like, the angels. He's not, you know, soulful Chris Stapleton. He's not... I would say Aaron Lewis has a really good light voice. He he doesn't have like he can hit those high 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 notes. He he's always down below. Josh Turner can go down and high. Patrick just has rugged. That's that's him. And there's no changing him. Same thing with Co. And I feel like that's why where Co wrote this song, it sounds so good for Paycheck as well because. They essentially are not the same artist by any means, but they have the same style in regards to voice. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's one of those songs that I would say is one of the essential songs of country music. You're making like the Ned Declassified Guide of Country Music and just listed like singles. <laughs> this would be it, 100%. There's no doubt in my mind. Because it's just one of those songs where it just, it fits. It's one of those songs where it fits the mold. It has the instrumentals, it has the tone, it has the pillars, it has the music, it has the country music. Of course, it's released in some of the best years in country music. That 1970 to like 1980s range, that was a golden time for country music, and I'm not just saying the 80s is the cutoff, because honestly, you take the 70s, maybe the late 60s, all the way up to the 90s and 2000s, that's like the bulk of country music that's iconic today. I'm not saying stuff after the 2000s is that bad, it's just as you get down to the 2000s, you see that transitional period where everything is just kind of progressing to the new sound, the new modernization of the country music decimation of traditional country music, whatever you want to call it, your opinion on it, it's gone away. But that essential roots of the 60s through the 2000s, it's right there smack dab in the middle in 77. And during kind of the outlaw ordeal thing where you got Willie, way So, anyways... This has been my analysis of Take This Job and Shove It. I hope you guys enjoyed me talking about the history of one of the greatest songs in country music history, why I feel like it is one of the greatest songs. And honestly, I feel like this might be something where I take these songs and I make a playlist on Spotify, and we can just kind of follow the uh, progression of the series through the music. And I would say listen to, you know... The song as I'm talking about it, which is kind of hard because you can't really dual audio it. But if you know what I'm saying, like you could take your phone out, listen to the podcast, and you could pull it up on your Amazon Echo or whatever, your YouTube music, whatever you listen to your music on. And just kind of like balance it and you can analyze it as we go together. So that might be uh, advice for the next go around for the next song, which may be the next podcast. I haven't really decided yet because... Honestly, when I woke up this morning, I really didn't have a sound like, I want to talk about this today, because sometimes I have going into the day, I have an idea, but really haven't had an idea for it. And then I was like, let's talk about Take This Job and Shove It, because it kind of relates to me at the current moment. So, 
All right, ladies, gentlemen, my fellow germs, thank you guys for listening to of the Steel Guitar Podcast. I've been your host, the Cole Train, the Train, Cole, whatever you want to call me. I will see you guys in the next episode. Please take care. Please enjoy yourself and keep listening to country music and keeping it alive, okay?